0: Well, hello there, podcasters. I thought I would pop on today to just be a blessing to you. Today's topic is going to talk about a twofold blessing. How many of you today could use a twofold blessing? I know that I can. I could definitely use a twofold blessing in this season. And for those of you who don't know what a twofold blessing and blessing is, that's a blessing that blesses you and then on the back end another blessing follows that. So, in this particular season and this particular hour, I'm decreeing and declaring that a twofold blessing would follow you in the days to come. Now, Uh, the topic on today that we're going to talk about is called wait for it. Now, wait for it is uh, uh saying that you would hear uh, a couple of years ago when on, and you still hear it on TV now today, they'll say, wait for it, wait for it. And then something happens. So what happens is sometimes when we know that you would potentially walk off or you would potentially, you lose attention to something, we tell you to wait for it, wait for, it. we're telling you to stay where you at Keep your attention and your focus on the situation at hand because something's getting ready to happen. And that's why I'm coming on today as I'm telling you to keep yourself focused. Keep your mind stayed on Jesus that God is saying, wait for it. He has something that he's trying to bless you with and he's not just getting ready to bless you something else is going to follow that and it's going to follow it immediately. He's not doing it for you. He's actually doing it for the people that surround it around you. He's trying to show them something. It's it's God's way of showing off. How many of you know that the Lord likes to show off, right? He likes to show things off because that's who he is. It all belongs to him. It was made for him and by him. So he has no reason to not show off his beauty and his splendor. And why not do it by blessing his children? So on today, our title is called Wait For It. We're coming out of Mark, the second chapter, verses 1 through 12. We're coming out of Mark, the second chapters, verses 1 through 12. I'm going to braid that with Luke 5 and 17. Now, Luke 5 and 17 is the same topic that I'm talking about, but it's just Luke writing about the same healing of the paralyzed man. So basically you can read about it in Mark and you can read about the same story in Luke. And, and for the one who doesn't understand why is it written in Mark and why is it written in Luke, you get two different perspectives of the same story, which makes it just that much more enriched because where one writer is focused on writing a story one way, the other writer is catching other details in in, in another way. However, both writers tend to paint the canvas with the main aspects of the picture and you don't lose uh the ingredients and the substance of the concept at hand so you you get to see the full framework laid down and you get to pull a a nice understanding from it and to draw a good strong analysis however when you look at both uh topics the one from Mark or or both stories instead of topics, the story from Mark and the story from Luke, it allows you to kind of put the stories together and begin to synthesize them and let the Holy Spirit then begin to speak to you on a higher level. So we're gonna go ahead and go right into Mark, the second chapter, verses one through 12. And if I had to title today's topic, it would be called, Wait for it, and for those that just popped on i'm coming on today to let you know that God has a twofold blessing for you in this particular hour there's going to be one blessing and then a second blessing immediately following it, so it's crucial that you wait for it don't don't just immediately walk away. God is saying, I got something else to give you for being obedient. I got something else to give you for uh the faith that the people around you had in in concern of you. I have something else for you and I don't want you to miss it. Happy about the first blessing. And then you mess around and miss the second blessing. So let's jump right into Mark chapter two verses one through 12. It says several days later, Jesus returned to Capernaum and the news of his arrival spread quickly through the town. Soon the house where he was staying was so packed with visitors that there wasn't room for one person, not even outside the door. And he preached the word to them. Four men arrived carrying a paralyzed man on the mat. They couldn't get to Jesus through the crowd. So they dug through the clay roof above his head. Then they lured the sick man on his mat right down in front of Jesus. Seeing their faith, Jesus said to the paralyzed man, my son, your sins are forgiven. I'm going to repeat that verse. Seeing their faith, there being his friends, seeing their faith, Jesus said to the paralyzed man, my son, your sins are forgiven. Moving on to uh, verse six. But some of the teachers of the religious law who were sitting there saying to themselves, what? This is me! Who but God can forgive sins? Jesus knew what they were discussing among themselves. So he said to them, why do you think this is blashing me? It is easier to say to the paralyzed man, your sins are forgiven or get up, pick up your mat and walk. I will prove that I am the son of man and have the authority on earth to forgive sins. Then Jesus turned to the paralyzed man and said, stand up, take your mat and go home because you are healed. The man jumped up, took the mat pushed his way through the stunned onlookers, then all praise God. We've never seen anything like this before, they exclaimed. Okay, so now let's go back. I know that was a lot of scripture and a lot of substance in there, but we are going to hand ourselves on the things that um, are going to tie the concept together that we are talking about today. Now, we said that the title was called Wait For It. If we get and go to the very beginning of these scriptures, I like it because it talks about how Jesus was just returning from Capernaum and people had heard about him coming back. So basically uh, they've heard about all that he was doing, all the healings that have been occurring in the town that he was in before he had got to where he was uh, going at on this particular day. So these are like uh, people that have heard about his reputation and they're trying to show up to see for themselves if he's all of what everyone's saying he is. So I could imagine this crowd is is a mixed crowd. It's a crowd that probably some people actually believe in him. And then there's some people who don't believe in him. There's some people who are straddled on the fence who they just need to see for themselves and and they, they need to be swayed one way or the other that he has to Prove to them in some way, shape or form that he's really who he says he is by doing A, B, C, D, E, F, G. And then you have people that's never going to believe they're just there to try to trip him up. So you have a crowd full of all types of people. And I want you to kind of lay this on your own life as you get up and you maneuver through life every day. You're going to come into contact with all types of walks of life. People with different attitudes and personality concepts. Some people are going to be for you. Some people are going to be against you. Some people are going to be straddled over the fence. They're going to be waiting till you do something that that makes them believe in you. And then some people are just going to believe in you just straight up. No matter what, they are just going to ride with you regardless. They're going to go down with you in the good times and the bad times. And then you're going to have the people that are there to try to trip you up. That's what they're there for. They're always looking for the negativity in your life. They're always trying to to look behind you and find the flaw in your life. They are just looking at it. They're looking at your life and trying to figure out what could be potentially wrong. And and if you if you pronounce the the word wrong, they got something to say. If you if you say that uh, tomato or tomato, they got something to say. They just ain't never happy. And the reason why is because they're probably not happy with themselves. And that is the kind of crowd that Jesus has found himself in. And, And now when you move down to. Uh, verse three, it says, despite this whole crowd, Jesus is preaching. He's preaching the word of God to this crowd. So this mixed group of people, Jesus is preaching to. And, and an awesome thing in this mixed group of people, the house is packed out. I'm saying packed out. It says that it's packed in the house. It's packed outside the front door of the house. It's packed around the house. You can't get in the house even if you wanted to. If you plan to get there and you got there two to three minutes late, guess what? You missed it. You really missed it this time because these people had planned to see Jesus. They needed to see for themselves, who is this man doing all this stuff? I just need to see. And he's there preaching the word of God and and before we go any further if you popped over to to Luke and Luke 5 and 17 kind of expresses in a little bit of more detail how Jesus was preaching because see I need you to understand and get a picture of this because the house is packed out right they don't got no AC back then, so and I'm sure they didn't have no bunch of the windows that they could just swing open and get a breeze coming through. I'm sure it's probably hot up in the place. You got all these people in there looking, trying to hear what he's trying to say. I'm sure he's just walking around talking about the word of God. He's not loud with it. He's just with a nice uh, finesse about himself because he's confident in his father sending him to do the work of his father's will. So if If you go to Luke 5 and 17, Luke 5 and 17 kind of expresses how Jesus is preaching. And I'm going to read it to you so you can get a feel for this thing. It says, one day while Jesus was teaching, some Pharisees and teachers of the religious law were sitting nearby. It seemed that these men showed up from every village in all of Galilee and Judea, as well as Jerusalem. And the Lord's healing power. Listen to this. And the Lord's healing power was strongly with Jesus. Get that. And the Lord's healing power was strongly with Jesus. That's what Luke five says. Now, uh, Mark just says, and he preached the word to them. Now, I like it because now you can get a full scope of what's going on. He's preaching a word, but he's preaching a word with fire. He's preaching a word. He's preaching a word, but he he's preaching and he has the ability. He's probably in there healing as well. So he's preaching the word of God. I could imagine he's probably in there touching people. People are getting healed. So he's in there. He's doing some work up in there. It's the kind of work that it makes people say, mm, maybe he really is the Messiah. Or, or it's making them start to question themselves and question their own um, motives as to why they're there. Like, well, he's in here preaching and he's preaching pretty strong here. So they, they, they've now took a notice to what Jesus is doing. And then it says in the middle of all of this stuff that's happening with the crowd packed out, four men arrived carrying a paralyzed man on a mat. Now, I find this interesting, too, because they arrive when the house is packed out. These four men with a friend on the mat, they couldn't get to Jesus through the crowd. So they dug through the clay roof above his head. So they're now digging through the top of the house. And, you know, when you go back to Luke, Luke explains that they go to the top of the house to dig through the roof of the house to get down to Jesus because they couldn't get through the front of the house. Now, in this particular chapter of Mark, it just kind of expresses it as if, you know, they dig through the clay of the house. They don't go in detail as to say it's the roof of the house. But when you go to Luke 5, Luke 5 and 17 explains to you in more detail that it is the roof of the house, so I'm going to read that to you because I want y'all to get a clear picture of what's going on on the scene here, so I'm back in Luke five, so you can get a feeling of what's going on. It says some men carry some men came carrying a paralyzed man on a sleeping mat. They tried to push through the crowd to Jesus. I'm in Luke five now, Luke five and seventeen I'm down in verse eighteen. Some men came carrying a paralyzed man on a sleeping mat. They tried to push through the crowd to Jesus, but they couldn't reach him. So they went up to the roof, took off some tiles, and lowered the sick man down into the crowd, still on the mat right in front of Jesus. Seeing their faith, Jesus said to the man, son, your sins are forgiven. Now that's Luke five. This is how it reads in Mark uh, the second chapter. Uh, verses one through 12, and I'm, I'm back at the fourth verse in s- chapter two, it says they couldn't get to Jesus through the crowd. So they dug through the clay roof above his head. OK, so they do specify the clay roof above his head. Then they lowered the sick man on his mat right down in front of Jesus, seeing their faith, Jesus said to the paralyzed man, my son, your sins are forgiven. So right there, before we go any further, you ask yourself, do you have the type of friends that would go the extra mile for you? I want to hang that as a balloon. Ask yourself, are you surrounded in this season with the type of friends That would go the extra mile for you. Now, we're going to float that as a balloon. Now, what I mean by that, so we can get more clarity to you, is this man is on a mat. He's on a mat. I would imagine if a man is paralyzed on a mat. He's probably not the lightest creature on the earth. So now they have to carry him. I could imagine maybe this is a mile, two miles. I don't know. And I'm sure that it's probably not the the coolest day in, in, in in the season. They're carrying him probably at the peak of day to get to Jesus because Jesus is in this place preaching. They heard. So they don't necessarily know for sure if Jesus is going to be there. This is just me kind of painting a picture of what could have happened. And I want you to just consider this. I'm not saying it did happen. I'm saying what if the story happened like this? Um, Because we don't know if they knew for sure ahead of time if Jesus was going to be there. We don't know if they sent some saved the date invites out to say Jesus was going to be there at this time of day. We don't know. The scriptures don't give us that kind of validity. All the scriptures say is that Jesus returned from Capernaum and the news of his arrival spread quickly through the town. That's all it says. It don't say he sent out invitations. He told him save the date. It didn't say he he told somebody to go through the town and say he was on his way. It didn't say none of that. It says that Jesus uh, returned from Capernaum and the news of his arrival spread quickly through the town. So they heard about it. People started talking about it. And soon the house where he was staying was so packed out with visitors that there wasn't any room for anyone to come in through the front of the house or through the outsides of the door. So this leads me to believe that this place is packed out after they heard him. So these four men, they get word that Jesus is there. They're headed with a friend on a mat. Don't know how heavy their friend is, but I could imagine he wasn't that light. And they're carrying him to this house. Now, when they get there, I'm sure they was like, darn, the front is all packed out. How are we going to get him there? But instead of pausing or doing anything, they just continue on problem solving and critical thinking and decide that they're going to go to the roof of the house. And even when they got to the roof of the house, I don't see anywhere in this scripture where it says they paused. They thought about it. I don't see anywhere in the scriptures where they, where it says they talked it over. I don't see anywhere in the scripture where it said they analyzed. I don't see anywhere in the scripture where it said they stopped and they prayed about it. All it says in uh, Mark chapter 2, verse 4, it says they couldn't get to Jesus through the crowd. So the first thing, they noticed something. We can't get to Jesus in the crowd. The second thing becomes an action. I can't get to him, and I need to do something to get to him. So they dug through the clay roof above his head and then lowered the sick man on his mat right down in front of Jesus. So when they saw, okay, the, the first way to get to Jesus, we can't do it. They didn't let that stop them. They pressed in and figured out a second way to get to Jesus. How come you, how how many of you know that it's your faith that pleases God? They have faith, the faith that pleased God because they didn't let anything stop them. It reminds me of the woman who pushed through the crowd to touch him. She wasn't going to let the crowd stop her. In this season, I need for you to make up in your mind to not let anything stop you. You have to make up right now that you are going to, to do whatever it takes To get to Jesus in this hour so that you can get what God has for you. Tell yourself whatever it takes. Whatever it takes. Whatever it takes. Say it again. Whatever it takes. Say it one more time. Whatever it takes. You have to tell yourself whatever it takes. See, I believe these four men before they got there, they had already made it up in their mind. We're gonna take our friend here. Even if our friend get there and he feels sad in his spirit that he's not gonna to get to Jesus, we're gonna do whatever it takes because we all are coming into agreement and we have the faith because how can two walk together and not agree? We have the faith that we can move mountains. And God already said, well, we all have the faith of a mustard seed. He's given us all a, a, a measure of faith. They've put their faith together coming into agreement and they've decided, you know what, we're going to get this uh, for our friend. We're going to do our part on getting our friend as close to Jesus as possible. So I want you to understand in this particular hour, you're going to have to make up in your mind, whatever it takes. Now in the situation, as we move through and go to uh, verse five, it says, see their faith, Jesus said to the paralyzed man, my son, your sins are forgiven. So even right there, it makes me say, wait a minute. He never addressed the faith of the man laying down on the mat. He never addressed his faith. He addressed the faith of his friends. Jesus' attention is drawn to their faith because it is what? It is faith that pleases God. It is faith that moves God. It's faith that's needed in this hour to move, to get you to where you're trying to go. How many of you know that faith is the currency in this particular season to get you to where you have to go? People are finding themselves short because they're short in faith, not in finances. If you would just stop for a minute and if you would just catch revelation of this, You don't need more money. You need more faith. I want you to look at your neighbor. I need you to text it to your friend, to your mom, to your dad, to your closest friend. Tell them you don't need more faith. You don't need more money. You need more faith. It is faith that's going to open the door for you. For this man, it was faith that opened the door for the man that was on the mat. if if, if I had to venture to believe, I even wonder looking at this scripture, if the man on the mat had any faith at all, or was he just a product of his environment? Meaning that he was a product of his friend's faith because his friends had faith and the Lord saw his friend's faith. He got blessed because his, his friend's faith. I would even venture to say that. So the first thing I want you to ask yourself again is, What kind of friends are you surrounding yourself with in this hour? Do they compare and can they level up to the friends we're seeing in the scriptures here? Do they have this kind of faith that when you're feeling down and out, that they have the kind of faith that can push you into Jesus? Because that's what happened. Jesus is the word of God. He's This is the word of God in flesh. They pressed into the word of God. Now get this, because now I'm teaching. The word of God is in here teaching. They're pressing in to the word of God when the situation looks impossible. Hello. Hello, lights. Hello. Hello. Newsflash. When things get difficult, you have to press in to the word of God. The word of God at this particular time is standing there teaching. The word of God is Jesus Christ made flesh, standing there teaching the word of God. They're trying to get closer to the word of God because their friend is in a difficult situation that they can't really get him out of themselves. Because guess what? If they could have got him out of this difficult situation, they would have already did it. They would have already did it. It, it. No, no different than us. The word of God said we all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. If we could get ourselves out of our own snares, we would have already did it. We would have woke up and already took ourselves out of sin. We can't do it. We have to press into the word of God. We have to press into him when things look difficult, when things are looking like, you know what, this is hopeless. I got to press in because when I press in, guess what? Something awesome happens. But what I'm venturing to say is this particular situation, the person that got blessed His friends was pressing in for him. So I'm telling you, check your friendships in this season. Make sure they're in a place that they have that kind of compassion and the kind of willpower and endurance that they can go above and beyond if you aren't in the mindset to do it for yourself. See, that's one thing I told myself. I want to be surrounded with people that if I'm making a bad decision or if I'm doing something that's crazy, they can tell me don't do that. Or, you know what? That don't sound right. That sound real not godly, sis, and you probably should be doing this. Those are people that are mature in God and that have faith. That's what these men were. They pressed in. And guess what? Jesus saw their faith. And he says to the man on the mat, my son, your sins are forgiven. Let's move through the story. I'm on verse six. It says, but some of the leaders of the religious law who were sitting there said to themselves, what? This is blasphemy. Who but God can forgive sins? See, because you have to understand back then, the law is saying the only person that can forgive sins is God. So the, the only person that has that prerogative to do that is God. So how can this person just show up Saying they forgive sin so they have they have a problem with this this statement that jesus said to him my son your sins are forgiven oh it's rubbed them in the wrong way because they're trying to figure out how can you just do that you can't just do that you're not god but they're missing what's really going on behind the surface of the whole thing so the next scripture says jesus knew what they were discussing among themselves so he said to them so he's already knowing. What they're over there uh, muttering and whispering about while he just forgave the sins of the man on the mat. He says, why do you think this is blasphemy? So basically they're over there whispering. I can see it right now. They're over there whispering. So you have the, the spectators in the crowd, all these people listening to him preach. And he's in the middle of his preaching. He gets a man getting lowered down in the middle of him from the top of the roof. So you've already got to see the attention has now shifted because the attention was first all on Jesus. But now in the front of Jesus, there's a man being lowered down. So, you know, the people are looking and trying to figure out well, now what's going on here. And then he turns around and tells the man his sins are forgiven and the leaders are over there whispering in the corner. So he basically says, Why do you think it's me? So he's basically telling them what they're whispering about out loud in front of everybody. And this is what I like, because how many of you know the word is for everybody? The word is for everybody. I want you to think about that. The word is for everybody. And what that means is the word is for everybody is for the people in the crowd who came to see him. The word is for the teachers who don't really like him, that's trying to trick him. The word is for the four friends who had the faith that got their friend healed. The word is for the man on the mat that we don't even hear nothing about his faith. All we know is that he got a blessing because his friends loved him with compassion and was willing to go above and beyond. And we know that the word was for the onlookers and the spectators. The word is for everybody. And this is what I love about the word of God. It's going to meet you where you stand in need of. The word in that room was for everybody. So if they showed up, they got some word. It met them where they stood in need of. Now listen to this. It says, why do you think this is blasphemy? It is easier to say to the paralyzed man, your sins are forgiven or get up and pick your mat up and walk. I will prove to you that I'm the son of man. So he's basically giving him, it looks like he's giving him a choice. He's saying, okay, so what do you want me to do? you telling me that you think this is blasphemy. He's saying, so is it easier for me to say to this man, your sins are forgiven? Or should I say to him, get up and walk? Which one do you want me to do? Because Basically, I am the son of man. And he says, basically, I'm going to prove to you that I am the son of man and I have all authority to forgive sins because the whole argument here is you don't have the prerogative to forgive sins. You can't do that. How are you going to say that in front of everybody? You can't do that. And he's saying, okay, so what should I do? Should I say your sins are forgiven or or pick up your mat? But it's not going to change the fact that I'm the son of man and I'm standing here and you missing it. So I don't know which one I need to do so that you can understand that your thoughts about me and your feelings towards me is not going to change my identity. So you make the choice or better yet, I'll make the choice. You know what? Pick up your mat and walk and what I'm thinking about as I look at this, it just blesses me because it says, then Jesus turned to the paralyzed man. After he's had this conversation with the Pharisees and he's basically trying to get them to understand, look, I'll prove to you. He get, Do you want a choice with this? Or better yet, I'll prove to you that I'm the son of man and I have the authority on earth to forgive sins. It says, then Jesus turns to the paralyzed man. And remember, the last thing he said to the paralyzed man was up in verse five. That's when. He says he sees the paralyzed man's friends and he says to the paralyzed man, my son, your sins are forgiven. So that's the last time he addressed the paralyzed man. Remember I told you, it's a two-fold blessing. Wait for it, wait for it. See, right now a whole bunch of stuff happened from the time that Jesus had already forgiven his sins. So he received one blessing already. He received his sins forgiven All because his friends went what? Above and beyond. His friends had the capacity to believe that Jesus could save them. The capacity to the point that they was going to do whatever it took to get their friend to Jesus to the point that they would be willing to accept the cost to go through somebody's roof and drop their friend down in front of Jesus teaching in front of this whole group of people because their friend was that important to them. How much do your friends value you? Not only that, how much do they believe that God can do it for you in this season in your life? That's another thing because they have they can't just just they have to believe that God can do it for you. They have to have the capacity to believe that God can move in your situation see remember I told you this season ain't about more money quit asking for most stuff this season is about faith you need to exercise your faith you got to surround yourself with people who are going to build you up and not tear you down and understanding in the middle of your situation the word is for everybody All the spectators, all the people that are trying to make you fail, even the ones that love you, everybody that's around you—the word is for everybody. Nobody escapes the word of God. It says that the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow, every tongue shall confess that Jesus is Lord. I am even willing to go as far as to say, because at the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow, every tongue shall confess that Jesus is Lord. Sickness has to flee. Uh, Dead situations have To flee, uh, baggage just hanging on you, bad relationships, jobs that's uh, endless and reckless, they all have to flee at the name of Jesus. And this is the awesome thing in this season things are being cut away from you, but you are falling forward, you are not falling backwards, you are not failing in this hour. I don't care how it looks to you, I don't care how painful it is to you, even if the Lord is telling you to hurry up and wait. He's hurrying up and telling you to wait because He's trying to bless you, and he's trying to put things in order because sometimes we mess things up. How many of you know that sometimes in our life, we have a tendency to mess things up because when the Lord says, don't touch that, I got that under control, we get a little bit hasty. We want to touch it. We want to push it in order instead of letting God be God and let him be ruler, reign, and supreme in our lives, and we get to messing stuff up. And then then we wonder why it's all out of the box, and God is saying, okay, because you messed a lot of things up. Now, I need to go back in here and i need to fix it and because it took you 2 years to mess up your credit it took you 2 years to create this bad relationship with your boss at work it took you 5 years to mess up the uh situation you had at church that i have built up for you it's going to take me a little bit of time to fix that see how, see we don't want to take into consideration the time it took for us to mess up something we just say lord get me out and get me out now. We want him to get us out now because it's too painful. We don't want to go through the process, but I want you to know on today that the student's not above the teacher. And what that means, that ain't me talking that scripture. The student is not above the master. The master never aborted the process. We don't get to abort the process. We don't get to take a shortcut. We have to go through the process. The process is good for us. The process uh, allows us to become stronger. It builds perseverance in us. It builds character. It weeds out those things so that we can be able to say, you know what? It is good for me that this has happened to me for God has did this so that I can be able to stand in this very hour that I'm standing in now. See, God has a plan for us. I told you the word is for everybody. And see, as we begin to look at this scripture in uh, Mark 2, verse 10, he said, I will prove that I, the son of man, have the authority on earth to forgive sin. So he's basically telling them, you know what? Time out. We're not having any more conversation about this. Matter of fact, stop whispering in the corner and talking about what I can and can't do because I'm going to prove to you that I do have authority. So guess what? The guy that I talked to a couple minutes ago that I just forgived his sin, that y'all just had a whole uh, community uh, project and conversation about. Get up and pick up your mat. Now, y'all can talk about that, too. That's basically what he's saying. He's saying, you know what? That same guy, stand up, go home because you're healed. How about that? That's what he's saying. Because he said, wait for it, wait for it. I just, I just forgave his sins, but wait for it, wait for it. I still got something else that I want to give you. See, with this man, this twofold blessing was not just to uh, forgive his sins and save his soul. God wanted to physically make him better see sometimes we get in a in a situation or a thought in a mind process that we start thinking that having half is okay having half of the blessing is okay God is trying to give you the whole thing in this hour if you would just wait for it he's trying to give you the ultimate blessing if you would just wait for it if you would just stop for a minute don't get ahead ahead of God just stop for a minute. He's working some things out. See, this man, if you go up to verse five, his at verse five, it says, my sons, your sins are forgiven. At that moment, he if he had left the room and his friends walked out of the room with him on the mat, he would have never got to the place that he can walk himself and pick up his own mat. They had to wait for it. They had to finish letting God do what he needed to do in the back scene with these teachers. And as and, a and result of him doing that, they got blessed in turn because he turns around and he says, you know what? Better yet. You pick up your mat. You heal as a residual of the conversation he's having with these other people. See. God's trying to do something awesome in your life in this hour. And I don't want you to mess around and miss it because you get sidetracked with spectators, onlookers, and people who don't really serve you your purpose in this hour. So I started this podcast off by telling you, who have you surrounded yourself with in this season? I'm praying that is friends like the people in these scriptures. These friends have faith that can move mountains, faith that could pull down answers from God, faith that could press in to God. Those are the kind of people in this season that are going to get you to the your expected end. There's four, well, actually, three lessons I want you to take away for this week. Three simple lessons. The first lesson is pressing in to the right place at the right time matters. In this scripture, these four men carrying their friend on the mat had to press in to the right place at the right time because it mattered. If they hadn't have pressed in at this particular time, where it seemed impossible, remember I told you the house was packed out. There, there was no more seats in the house. You couldn't get through the front door. You couldn't th- get through the back door. You probably couldn't even get through the windows because if you could get through the windows, they probably would have had them go through the windows by going on the roof. And I really believe you couldn't get through the roof because it says they had to open up the roof, digging through the roof. So if you had to dig through the roof, that leads to me to believe there was no opening in the roof. So my my question to you or my, my lesson to you is for you to understand the importance of pressing in. They pressed in. They didn't let anything stop them to the point they find themselves on the roof letting their friend down. So they pressed in to the right place at the right time because guess what, podcasters? It matters. Lesson number two is whatever it takes is important. You have to have a whatever it takes attitude in this hour. In order to get this twofold blessing, one must have a whatever it takes attitude. They displayed this by their faith, having a whatever it takes attitude. Nothing stopped them. The, them carrying a friend didn't stop them. Whether they friend believed it or not, the other four friends said that wasn't going to stop them. They had a whatever it takes attitude. Matter of fact, when Jesus forgave their his, their friends that was laying on the mat, sins. They still i never heard nothing about the other four friends that they, they didn't say anything. They had a whatever it takes attitude. They was totally sold out with compassion to get their free and healed A whatever it takes attitude is lesson number two. Lesson number three. And I'm getting ready to close is friends matter. Friends matter. I would even venture to say friends and family matter. They matter. I already hit home when I said friends matter and the importance of the types of people you surround yourself with in this particular hour. They should be people that have compassion, faith, attitudes that are willing to go above and beyond and to seek out new and creative and innovative ways to seek after God in this particular hour. This hour, we are going to have to press into the word of God to receive the blessings of God in this hour, especially a twofold blessing. So I am closing Oh, gracious Heavenly Father, Lord, we just thank you. We just thank you for this exciting and this wonderful scripture, God, on healing and how you've taken the basic truths of healing, God, and you've opened it up to us to show us that the word is for everybody. It's for everybody that comes in contact with it. It's for the onlookers. It's for the teachers. It's for friends, family, spectators, anybody that happens to come in contact with that thing. The word is for everybody. And Lord, we thank you for all the lessons that you've given us today. The lesson in friends matter, the lesson in uh, having a whatever it takes attitude and a lesson in pressing into the right places at the right time matters in this hour. And furthermore, God, we thank you for your son, your son, Jesus Christ, dying on the cross for us, that our souls might be saved and that there might be a bridge into you. We thank you, God, and we ask you. Throughout this week, God, that you might keep our minds clear and stayed on you, God. And that as these scriptures begin to uh, move throughout their minds, that it might take root in their spirit, God, and ground in their hearts, that it might bear fruit in due season. And like David said, thy word have I hidden in my heart that we might not sin against you, God. Allow the word to stay there, God, so that it might come. When it's needed in each and every one of your podcasters' lives. And Lord, we ask all of these things in your darling son, Jesus name. And I am out, you guys. I will be coming back on here in the next couple of days to be a blessing to you. But like I said, I love you with the love of the Lord. And remember, wait for it.